Galatians chapter number 3, verses 7 through 9. It says this. It says, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations be blessed. So then, verse number 9, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. We see here that in this book, here in this chapter, in these, in these verses, that Paul is continuing to share with these believers how they are free in the gospel. That the gospel has set them free. They don't have to live by the law anymore. They are free from the law. That when Jesus Christ came to this earth and died on the cross and rose again the third day, that now He provided freedom and hope for every single person in the world. And Paul is trying to get these believers to understand this fact. Because what's happening is they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. And they believe, they are believers in Christ, but they keep going back to religion. They keep wanting to go back to the rules that they're comfortable with and the way that they lived their life for so many years in religious practices, thinking that they had to follow religion and the things of law in order for God to be pleased with them. Can I say this to you this morning in 2021, that no matter how long your list is, no matter how many rules you follow, that rules and lists will never uh, give you any more of God's love. That rules and lists are not something that you need to follow to gain God's favor. God came, sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to set us free from all of that, and we don't need to go back to religion. This is not a religion. What we do here on Sunday morning is not our religion. You say, well, this is a church, and it's religious, yes. But there's a difference between being religious and having religion. We don't come in and check all the boxes and make sure we have everything, and I've got to use this, and I've got to stand here, and I've got to do this. And if we do all that, then God is happy. God is pleased with us even before we walk through the door. But when we walk in the door, what we're doing is we are celebrating the relationship that all of us have in Jesus Christ, and we decided to do together here in this room. And so we build a building, and it's just a building. The church is not a building. It is the people in the building that come in and gather. You are the church. I'm the church. We are all a part of the church. And together we come in every Sunday, and we celebrate the goodness of God. We celebrate the fact that God has not only saved us, but He's sustained us, He's protected us, He's watched over us, and let's gather again another week, and let's just celebrate in the goodness of God. This is not some religious ritual that we come in, and everyone's like, shh, quiet. We're in church. Shh. No talking. No moving. Quiet. Some of you have been a part of religious services like that, where you walk in, and you, you, you better not even breathe crooked, right? Okay, because someone's going to look at you like, what are you doing, right? This is church. You're not supposed to have fun in church. You're not supposed to laugh in church. So why is it different for us? Because for us, it's not about religion. It's not about all the traditions of man. It's about our relationship with God. That you and I have a personal relationship with God. He has set us free. He has made us His children. He has brought us into His family. And because of that, now we can celebrate and worship Him. That's why we sing to Him. That's why we honor Him. That's why we pray to Him. Because it's Him that has loved us. We love Him because He's first loved us. Can I say this to you this morning? If you've never experienced a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, at the end of this sermon, I want to, I want to invite you to pray to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And the reason why I want to do that is because coming to this church won't get you to heaven. And giving to this church won't get you to heaven. 
And doing a bunch of good works won't get you to heaven. Being a really good person. Some of you in this new year have decided, you know what, I'm going to be a really good person. I'm going to love people. If somebody is, you know, an old lady's walking across the street, which by the way, I've never seen an old lady walk across the street like that I can remember, right? But we always use that, that statement. If an old lady's walking across the street and you get out and help her, if you give money to the poor, you say, man, I want to be the best person I can be because I want, man, I just want God's favor and blessing and I want God to go, take me to heaven and so I'm going to be really, really good. Can I say this? That the Bible teaches opposite. The Bible says you can be a really good person, a really moral person, a religious person. You could be a part of a church. You could give money to a church and you will not go to heaven when you die. That's not something that I want to say, but it's the truth. Because here's the thing. The truth is, is that Jesus Christ came to set you free from all that. And if you'll accept him as your savior, call upon him to be your savior. The Bible says he will save you, forgive you of all your sins, set you free and take you to heaven when you die. And you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It is not religion that saves. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. No matter how good you are, no matter how moral you are, no matter how kind you are, it won't get you any closer. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. See, if we could do it ourselves, we would say, hey, look what I did. Hey, how's your, how's your good works doing? How you doing over there? How good are you? I'm, I'm better than them. Hey, God, we stand before God. Say, God, you know, you know what they, you know what they did. You know me. I'm moral. I'm religious. Come on now. You know what they're, what they're all about. You need to let me into heaven. There's no favorite favoritism with God. The Bible says, "For all have sinned. All have sinned." You say, "Well, I've never sinned." Well, that's a lie, and you just sinned right there. So I, I, I you know, I'm a moral problem. I'm a good person. I believe you are, and I believe God knows you are. But he also knows that moral and religion cannot save you. Only through Jesus Christ can you be saved. I would invite you to pray and accept Jesus Christ at the end of this service this morning, whether you're online or here in the room. But here's what's happening. These, these believers, they believe that. They said, okay, yeah, that's right. We can't get to heaven through religion. We got it. They accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then the moment they accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, they go back to religion. And Paul goes, No. You're not getting it. It is not about just getting saved with the gospel, but now you need to live in the gospel. You need to allow the gospel and Jesus to transform your life in a powerful way. And he then invokes a name that all the Jewish people would know, the name Abraham. And he says, I want to tell you about Abraham. Because some of you think that Abraham was justified, as in he was saved, he had a relationship with God because he kept the law, because he obeyed God. He said, no, it's not, it's not that true. He said, Abraham was justified by faith, just like you were justified by faith. Sometimes people ask this question, how are people saved? Uh, how do people get saved and go to heaven before Christ died? They'll ask that question sometimes, you know, in the Old Testament. Like, how did the people, like, way back before Christ was even born, how did they accept Christ if Jesus didn't die on the cross and didn't, you know, rose, rise again? How did they become Christians? It's very simple. Salvation is by faith in Jesus. Whether it is that you have faith in Jesus to look back to what he did, that's what we are. See, we're in the church age. We're, we're after Jesus died. So now because we're after Jesus died, now what we do is if we want to accept Christ as our Savior, we look back 2,000 years ago to what Jesus did, and we have faith in what Jesus did on that cross that day on Calvary, and we put our faith and trust in him for our Savior, looking back on that event. In the Old Testament and before, uh, before Jesus was born, the folks back then, they would look forward and believing by faith that there would come a Messiah 
who would be the Savior, and they would put their faith in the coming Messiah. And either way, it's the same salvation. You're saved either way, by faith, believing either in what Christ did or what he was going to do. And so he brings up Abraham and he says, listen, some of you think that Abraham was this guy who was favored by God. And the reason why he was favored by God is because he kept the law and he was religious and, and he followed all the rules. He said, no, the way you were saved is the same way Abraham was saved. Now you have to understand, that doesn't really shock us, okay? But that would be a very shocking statement for the Jews to hear because for so many of them, they thought Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all these different patriarchs of, their, of, their, uh, you know, of the Jewish uh, faith believed in the law. But Paul says, no, no, no. He says, listen, you have to understand, he says in verse number 7, he says, know then that this is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preach the gospel beforehand to Abraham. Wait a minute. He just said that Abraham was preached the gospel to. Well, how could, how could Abraham hear the gospel if the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Because what, what God did in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4, is he told Abraham that I'm going to send somebody, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to bless your seed with someone who all the earth will be blessed. See, God chose to bless Abraham. We see this in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1-4. through four. It says this, it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and from your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse, uh, dishonor those who curse you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. We see here what's called the Abrahamic covenant. We're getting deep on this first Sunday here in the new year, all right? We're going to lay it all out. The Abrahamic, some theology, all right, for you this, this morning. But the Abrahamic covenant is when God came to Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make of you a great nation. Now, this is a funny story. Because you have to understand that Abraham was married to a lady named Sarah, right? Or Sarai. And one of the big burdens in their relationship was the fact that they could not have children. Now, this was a very big thing, especially back then in Bible times. It's, it's a big thing now. But back in Bible times, this was a way to carry on the family name. This was a way to carry on the legacy. And the fact that Sarah was barren was almost looked at as kind of like less of a woman in those days, especially. And yet here God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I know that your wife is barren. I know that you, you can't have children, but I'm going to multiply your, your seed and give you children that you can't even number. Hmm? Excuse me? You know my wife can't have children, right? You know that she's barren, right? And God chooses to bless Abraham even despite the fact that there was limitations in their relationship. Can I just say something to you this morning? That God can choose to bless you even with the limitations that you have in your life. That you, you look at limitations and you think, well, I, I guess God can't do this and God can't work and God can't move and God can't do this. Hey, let me remind you this morning in 2021, God can do whatever He wants to do. And whatever God wants to do, He's going to do. He doesn't need you to make sure that you're good enough and you're smart enough and you're right enough and you're, and you're popular enough. He doesn't need you to figure it out. God will work how He wants to work. You know why God blessed Abraham? Because He wanted to bless Abraham. You know in the Bible there's no really condition of why God chose Abraham? I, I, I looked it up actually just to make sure I could say that statement. 
I studied it. I thought maybe there was something in the, in the chapter before. Maybe there was something that I missed. Maybe it was like, oh, Abraham, you know, he was like a really good guy, and he really loved God, and he sat in the front row at church, and, you know, he never yelled at his kids, and he never, you know, got on his spouse. I'm sure that's why, right? I'm sure he never beeped at somebody when he was driving down, you know, Route 7, right? I'm sure he was just a perfect guy, and that is why some of you smile, because you know I'm talking about, I didn't see you. I'm not saying, hey, if God's speaking to your heart about beeping at people down Route 7, we'll let the Holy Spirit work in that way, all right, okay? Lord, work in my heart, too. You know, Lord, sometimes I got to get to church, you know? But I'll tell you, you think, well, Abraham must have been a really good guy. Man, he must have had it all together. He must have had it just right. And God said, oh, man, I'm going to bless that guy. Because look at all the things that he is doing right. He deserves my blessing. The Bible doesn't say that. You know, the Bible says that God blessed Abraham because he wanted to. That's it. You know, I'll tell you, as we enter into this new year, God will bless you when he wants to bless you. There's nothing you can do or merit or or work up to get God's blessing. And here's the beauty of that. Because God blesses us when he wants to bless us, that means all we need to do is be ready to receive that blessing. And some some of you look at your limitations in your life, like Abraham did, and think there's no way that God can bless me with children with a barren wife. How is that possible? Because God is not limited by limitations. With God, all things. Come on now, all things. All things. All things. All, I don't know why I'm doing this with my hand, but I'm telling you, keeping some of you all things are possible. Are possible. And so God chooses to bless Abraham in this moment. Why? We don't know. He just did. And he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you in a, in a powerful way. We see that Abraham was called by God. It says in, in Genesis chapter 12, in verse number 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham. God called him. God said, hey, Abraham. God has attention. You know what I believe that God wants to do in your life in this new year? I think God's calling some of you. He's trying to get your attention. See, Abraham could have looked at his problems. He could have said, man, what am I going to do? My wife is barren, and I've got to deal with family situations. I've got all these things going on. And in the midst of all of the things that he was dealing with, God said, Abraham. And Abraham looked. God got his attention. You know what God's trying to do in your life? I believe this in 2021. I believe God, in the midst of your problems, in the midst of your limitations, in the midst of your overwhelming thoughts, in the midst of your fears, he's trying to get your attention. And he's trying to say to you, whatever your name is, Bob, I don't know if we have a Bob in here, right? Stan, Mildred, right? I'm trying to think of names that I don't think. Flo, right? You know, Billy Bob. He's trying to get your attention. He's trying to, he's trying to get, you say, why, why, would, God, why would God want to call me? Because God has something for you. He has a calling on your life. He has something that he has positioned you to do. Listen, our lives are not meant just to go to work and get up and deal with the kids and deal with the problems and watch our favorite show and make sure it's recorded on Netflix. That's not life. As a Christian, as a believer, God has a calling on your life of a specific plan that He has for you. And before you can fulfill that calling on your life, He's got to get your attention. Abraham, don't worry about your wife. Abraham, don't listen to your fears. Abraham, I've got something for you. I've got a calling on your life. God has a calling on your life. He has something He wants you to do. We see God called Abraham. 
When, then we see Abraham was guided by God. Look what he said. He says in, in, in verse 1 of chapter 12 of Genesis, he says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and from your kindred and your father's house to a land that I will show you. God has a calling on Abraham's life, and God guided Abraham. He said, listen, I want you to get up from your house. I want you to get up from the place that you know, and I want you to go, and I want you to follow me, and I will show you what I'm going to do. Now, that's a little difficult. I don't know about you, but I'm sure Abraham was probably pretty happy where he was. I'm sure that he probably was uh, happy in his home and he was happy with his family and his neighbors and all the things that he enjoyed. And so for God to say to him, listen, Abraham, I'm calling you and now I'm guiding you and I need you to become, watch it now, I need you to become a little uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. See, God said, I'm going to get your attention. And when I get your attention, Abraham, I'm going to call you and guide you to some uncomfortable places in your life. You know, many times we listen to the voice of God. God calls our name. We say, Stephen, yes, God. And we listen. And then God tells us to do something that makes us a little uncomfortable. Right? You want me to do what? Where? where, where? You, you want me to, you, you want me to, you want me to like go to church? Well, God, you know, like there's like, you know, a pandemic going on, God, you know, got to tell. Yeah, I know. You want me to go to church and wear a mask? and sit far away from people. I can do the far away from people. I don't really like people that much. But a mask, God, uncomfortable. You see, see, the reason why sometimes we don't experience what God has for us is because God is going to lead us to a place that's a little uncomfortable in our lives. Some place that we, we don't think that we should be or we deserve. And God's going to call you. See, sometimes, yes, God, yeah, I want you to love your spouse even when they're not lovable back. Mm. Now, God, <laughs> that's a little uncomfortable. That's a little uncomfortable. You know, you know, you know how she. Some, some of you men, Lord, you know how she can get, Lord. <laughs> Lord, you know how he is, Lord. You're telling me I need to love my spouse even even when they're like, you know, mm -hmm, a little uncomfortable. Say, oh, now I want you to I want you to be faithful to the Lord even when it's difficult. See, God was not only calling Abraham, but God was guiding Abraham to a place where he had to leave everything he knew. He had to be uncomfortable in his life. And God may guide you this year to some uncomfortable situations. He may guide you this year to some situations where you're not sure what's going to happen. You don't know what the next thing is that's going to be. Can I encourage you in this year, trust the Lord in those uncomfortable situations. Lean upon the Lord. That's why it goes back to not religion. It goes back to relationship because in my most uncomfortable moments, when I feel so vulnerable and so open, I can go to God and say, God, I need you to help me. I need your strength, Lord. I'll tell you, in 2021, I don't want to stand up and toot my own horn and say, look at me. Look how good a person I am. No, I want to get on my knees and say, God, I can't do this. I can't be a good father. I can't be a good husband. I can't love my kids the way that you want me to. I can't be the pastor you want me to be. And so God, as you call me to some uncomfortable places, I'm going to fall on my knees and draw close to you. And God says, that's exactly why I'm doing it. That's exactly why I'm doing it. You see, God is not concerned with what we get or what we give or what we're able to enjoy. He's concerned about the relationship we have with him. And so sometimes he'll lead us to some uncomfortable places. We see God was guided by Abraham, and then we see God was blessed by Abraham. He says, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you, and him that who dishonors you I will curse, 
Here's the, here's the key phrase right here. I have it highlighted. It says, and in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, if we stop and think about that, how is that possible? I mean, we're talking about one family. You're talking about all the families of the earth. It doesn't give a timeline. It doesn't say for the next 10 years or 20 years. So you're saying to me, if this statement is true, that the blessings that God bestowed upon Abraham are present in my life as well? In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. See, it goes back to what Paul was saying in Galatians when he says, listen, you are the sons of Abraham. That you have been blessed like Abraham has been blessed. That you are a partaker of the blessings that God has bestowed. The same guidance, the same calling, the same blessing that I gave to Abraham all those years ago because you have a relationship with me, you receive those same blessings. You say, how is it possible that in Abraham all of the families of the earth will be blessed? Well, we see this in Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 1. It says this, the book of the genealogies of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. You see, Jesus Christ is in the line of Abraham. And because Abraham obeyed God and was called by God, and because Abraham followed God, and because Abraham went to uncomfortable places, God used his family to bless another family, and bless another family, and bless another family, and generations and generations and generations beyond were blessed, and now we are blessed to have the Holy Spirit of God in our life. We are blessed to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it goes all the way back to Abraham. We are called by God. We are guided by God. We are blessed by God. And that's why we need to be faithful to God. We see in verse number four, it says this. It says, so Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years young. I'll say that. And he says old, but young. 75 years old. You know, Abraham had a lot of reasons not to obey God. He was comfortable. He, he had a lot of problems in his own life. But yet he obeyed God. God guided him. And now we're blessed because of it. And the same blessing that God has placed upon Abraham in guiding him and loving him, being faithful to him. The Bible says, Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 7 through 9, that we are the sons of Abraham. And because we are the sons of Abraham, we have the same blessings. Here's the question this morning. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? You see, so many times in our lives, we live our life out of the limitations in our life. And I don't know what it is in your life this morning, but I know that many of you have these thoughts, I can't. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm not smart enough. And we live our life through the limits of our lives. And I just want to remind you in this first Sunday of the new year that you are not the limitations that you have in your life. You are not the things that you did. You are not the mistakes that you have made. Can I remind you this morning? You are a son of Abraham. You have been blessed by God. You have a calling on your life. You have been guided by God. And God wants to do great things in your life. He wants to pour out the blessings upon your life and have you live in a way that is abundant. The Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief 
cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I don't know about you. I'm not looking at the clouds thinking, oh man, it's going to be another bad year. It's going to be a down year. No, no, listen. I want to remind myself this morning who I am. It's not about what you do. You can get all the resolutions. You can get all the things together. And you can say, I want to be a really good person, a really good mom. I'm going to be a really good, I'm going to try really hard. And now it's January 3rd and you've already yelled at your kids. You've already told your husband to shut up. You've already said things you should. You already ate that donut and you thought, man, I'm not going to do it this year. And on the second day, I, I gave in. Oh, man, I just can't do it. You're exactly right. You can't. On your own, you can't do it. But here's the good news this morning. That becoming what God wants you to be is not about what you do. It's about realizing who you are. You say, well, I'm just a, I'm just a bad person. I'm just, I'm just no good. Excuse me? You're a son of Abraham. Excuse me? You've been blessed by God. You've been called by God. You, you, have been, you have been freed by God. The gospel has set you free. Everything that you need to become what God wants you to be, God has already given to you. It's not about what you do. It's who you know. And if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, my friend, you are blessed, you are redeemed, you are sanctified, you are set free, and you are empowered by God to face this year, no matter what comes in your way, no matter what things come down the pike, no matter what happens in your life, you are ready because of who you are. You're blessed by God. So the question this morning is this. Will you embrace the blessings or will you continue to live in the lies? Will you embrace who you are and say, God, with your help as your child, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can overcome. I can move forward. My marriage can heal. My kids will love me. I can get another day at work. I can do all things through Christ. I can overcome my own fears and anxieties. Or will you continue in 2021 to live in the lies that you're limited? That you're not good enough? That you're not going to be able to do it? I just want to remind you this morning, in this first year, do you know who you are? Do you know? See, when you realize who you are, then you realize who God is. And when you realize who God is, you say, God sent your son to die on the cross for me so that I could be saved, so that I could be free. And I don't have to try to be a really good person. I don't have to be this moral, religious person. I can just rest in the freedom that is in the gospel and allow God to transform my life. And so my prayer for you this, this new year is that every single day you wake up and in that moment that you wake up, no matter what the problems or the burdens or the things that you face, that in your mind the first thought would be this, I know who I am. I know who I am. And because I know who I am, I know who he is. I want to face this day believing that I'm blessed, believing that I'm guided, believing that I'm called. I'm going to keep being faithful to the Lord. Can we pray together? Lord, we love you so much.